Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our and from our and from our excuse me and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, tonight not only do I have a stutter, but I'm a bit hoarse, so that's kind of a double whammy when it comes to trying to understand what I have to say. But I'll try and make it as plain as I can so everybody can hear. Because this is a great story that we get from John's, uh, from John's gospel. We see that, well, today we give honor to, 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 to St. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, who played a pivotal role that we probably don't hear a whole lot of, to be honest with you. It is very interesting, though, his day of commemoration, his feast day, actually, is the first feast day in the new church year. It's a great thing. It gives him the place of honor as as the first disciple to be called. So, thankfully, it falls on this day. So what do we see here when he is called? Where does it all start? Does Andrew just kind of wander around and seek out Jesus because, well, what else is he going to do on that day? Does he just kind of wander into uh, a place where they're talking about him? Or was he in a place where he was seeking God and there was a certain preacher who pointed him in the right direction? That is the case. A lot of times we want to talk about about trying to reach those who are not part of the church. And we always have all these ideas, and there are a lot of good different tactics and strategies on how to do it. But the most important thing is the word of God, right? The most important thing is the proclamation of who Jesus is. Because Andrew doesn't just wander in off the streets and say, well, I heard this was a nice place. I think I'm going to try it out. He was already a disciple of John the Baptist. And John points directly at Jesus. I wish I had that, I'll be honest with you. Maybe that's what made him such a great preacher. He was able to point and say, look, there he is. Go get him. But John points to Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. What a great sermon illustration. He's right there. And so from this word, as St. Paul says, that, that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, of who the Christ is, that we first get this seed planted. And from this, we see that it's because of this word of God that Andrew and the other, and, 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 and the other disciple go after Jesus. And then Jesus asks this great question. What are you seeking? What do you want? Who do you think that I am? And so they say, Rabbi, which is not just a nicety. They're not just being polite. They are saying, Master. Back in this time, if you were to go under the tutelage of of if you were to go under the tutelage of a rabbi, that didn't just mean that you just kind of went in and out and kind of 
went to learn whenever you could, when you made time. What it meant was that they wished to assume the life that Jesus lives. To live, to live and to learn from a specific teacher meant that you wanted a different life. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. To go to him and say, Rabbi, where are you abiding? Where are you staying? Where can I find you? Where can you be found? Where do you promise to be? So they ask the right question. Rabbi, where are you abiding? They seek him out. And they want to hear the teaching of God, to seek his will. And they go to the right place. Not by chance, not by happenstance, but by the deliberate word of a preacher. Of someone who says, behold the Lamb of God. And so, when they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? Where can we find you? He says to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him. They abided there. I use that specific word because it is a great word. It probably makes you think about a different passage, what it means to abide with Jesus, what it means to call him teacher, what it means to call him rabbi. Because in John chapter 8, verse, verse, verse 31, Jesus says to the Jews who had, who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That is where he abides, in his word of promise, in his word of grace and mercy. That is where Christ abides, but not just there. He abides wherever his promises can be fulfilled. He abides in the church where the word is proclaimed, where the sacraments are given freely for your good. He abides with you when you are baptized. Where can he be found? Where is the place that he is staying? The place that he wound up going to was the cross. And that is where we should find him, is at the cross, but not all the way out at Calvary, out, out on the outskirts of, of the temple in Jerusalem. It's not necessarily a geographical place, but it is the place that you are brought to in your baptism. In your baptism, you die with Jesus and you are raised to new life with him. That the place where he can be found is in you who are now baptized, who are now God's children, who are now co-heirs with Christ and are given all of the same gifts that he has, that he has won for you. To abide with Christ is to be where he can be found. To be his, 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 his disciple is to be brought under the discipline, the new life 
of faith, the new life of obedience to his will, knowing that obedience now to Christ as a baptized child of God is not a burden, but a joy. To serve others, to love others, is, not no, is, is no longer done with your love, but with the love that Christ has first shown to you. For to be, to be a disciple is to abide with Jesus, to share in his sufferings, to carry your cross, to pick up your cross daily and follow him. Because the suffering that happens within this world now has the greatest consequence that it ever could. Suffering in this world for the sake of Christ in whatever tragedy comes upon you and whatever struggle you face and whatever temptations you go through. The suffering you now face as a child of God is one that is a joy because you share in it with Christ and Christ shares in it with you. He abides with you and you with him. You wish to seek the life that he has? First, you must be given the death that he has. And in baptism, we have it. We are already dead, but we live. I remember... I was at a pastor's retreat sometime in October, and they asked me, do you have a lot of, <laughs> they asked me, do you, have, do you have a lot, do you have a lot of retired pastors? And I said, <laughs> sorry, I said, not anymore. And I said, I've actually buried two of them. And one of them baptized me, and one of the pastors said, he buried you, and you buried him. And I said, how true that is. He buried me, and I buried him. We share in that death and the new life that Christ has won for us as brothers and sisters in Christ. We share in that life with St. Andrew, who serves as a great example for us, that in this new life that we have, when we have been pointed out, there is the Lamb of God, behold him. Seek him, go where he is to be found. That when we go and we stay and we abide with Jesus, we cannot help but go and find others to seek them out and say, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. And we don't just stop there and say, we know where he is. Have a nice day. We say, we know where he is, come and see. Come and see. Come and hear. Come and hear what he has done for you, what he is doing, and he, what he will do ultimately on the last day. Come and hear. See with the eyes of faith what he does. Know that all those who love him and who trust him, who seek him, who know that these words are who know that these words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Come and see. Come and believe. Come and be saved. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord.